This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Joe Ostrowski here with you. And joining us now, now to talk a little college football, week five edition, is Reed Wallach of BetSided and the early Reed. Reed? Thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. So let's talk a little Colorado football because it seems like the rest of the free world is. Uh, They are at home. It is an early game, and they are 21.5-point dogs to USC with a total of 73.5 after what happened last week to Colorado against Oregon. And people are now coming back down to reality as far as what the Buffaloes really are. Still a good football team, but not one of the elites. Does that mean that they can cover 21 and a half against a USC defense that has given up a lot of explosive plays already? Uh, I'm first of all, thanks for having me on guys. I am in the camp of I'm going to hold out and hope a 21 pops on USC. And that will be where I bet the Trojans to cover Colorado. I listen, this is a team that went from the worst power five team with a bullet last year to pretty good, maybe bowl eligible. So, you know, the jump that people, as my camera falls. There we are. uh, (laughs) As my camera falls. We'll give Reed a second. That's basically basically what happened to uh, Colorado and Oregon last week. Now that we've seen this adjustment, I don't think that we're adjusting enough. USC, their pass rush is still super aggressive. Colorado's biggest weakness is on the offensive line, I'd say. USC is going to blitz and take over this game. I'm going to hope for a 21 minus 110 to pop. If not, I honestly think it's it's a tough one. First half under with a 10 a.m. local yes. kick and boulder. I think that this is going to be a really slow start. One-way traffic, limited possessions. USC doesn't go that fast. I know a lot of explosives, but this could be a little bit of a sleepy start. So maybe first half under, we're talking 34, 35 and a half. That, that's a little crazy to get five touchdowns and a half with one team doing the majority of the scoring. Yeah, that was my angle on this game. You go, well, I was saying second half over, live over. Mm-hmm. Let's see with how the number adjusts down, but I, I totally agree with that. I endorse that. So would you say first half under, second half over? Yeah, I, I think far? that's something yeah. totally in play. I, I was really looking at this first half under because, again, uh, the change to this early kickoff, always something that I think is a little weird. It's going to be a 10 a.m. local kick. Maybe there's a bit of an adjustment period, and I really think Colorado is going to struggle to score here against USC's aggressive defensive front. Okay, very good. Uh, before we get to Saturday, how about Friday? We've got a good one. Uh, Utah and Oregon State. Oregon State favored by three and a half. If it's, it's a low total, no surprise with mm. a Utes game, that's what you're going to get. 
What's your mentality going into this? What is your thought process on Cam Rising based on what we saw with DJ last week? And uh, do you have a wager? Yeah, I, I bet Oregon State earlier in the week before this crossed through three. Obviously, I, I like it a little bit less now. But I, I think where – because I bet Oregon State last week against Washington State. I But I went to the season questioning Oregon State's cornerbacks. They lost two NFL cornerbacks last uh, this coming season, coming into the year. I think I underestimated that against Washington State's offense. Utah's not that. Whether it's a rusty cam rising off the knee where clearly there's some sort of adjustment still going on there, or it's Nate Johnson who hasn't proven that he could really throw the ball downfield. I don't think Utah's built to challenge Oregon State in that way. I I lean towards rising being out for this game as well. I think that this number is mm. kind of leaning that way as well at three and a half now. If rising is to play, I think this number will come back into range. And I would still like Oregon State because it's a short week of prep. Utah's still banged up everywhere else. This seems like why rush rising back here. You got the big win against UCLA. You're still in the Pac-12 title picture, even with a loss to Oregon State. I think Oregon State's going to be able to play the game on their terms, lean on Martinez and Fenwick in the run game, and kind of overpower Utah and pound them into submission. So I like Oregon State at this number. Maybe it's find a favorite on Saturday you like and pair it to Moneyline Parlays to get this uh, two teams Moneyline Parlay to get this to close to even odds. But for right now, I think it's Oregon State or nothing. I'm curious because, I mean, we're starting with the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is getting a lot of our bandwidth, uh, we college football fans. I'm curious if you were to power rank the top of the conference, who would you consider Mm -hmm. the best team right now and then maybe second, third place, however far you want to go? The If I were to go in order, I'd say the best team is Washington. I think that that offense has hit another gear. I will say, though, that there's question marks still there. The defense was the big issue last year, and that defense has not been tested so far, and they might avoid Jaden Delora, it seems like, at Arizona. I, I, I don't know if Washington was on upset alert per se, but that was going to be an offense that can maybe test them. So we haven't seen Washington tested all the way, but to me, that's the number one team. I put Oregon, too. It seems like their pass rush has really improved this year. Um, and then I still have question marks about USC and their viability as a college football playoff contender. I think for now you have to put USC third, just given where we've seen from Utah, but Utah right behind them at fourth, and I'd be willing to adjust Utah up, and then it's Oregon State, UCLA, a step in class down. Uh, And then you could throw Washington State in there as well. But I think Washington State's still a pretty defined ceiling in my opinion. Duke hasn't played anyone since the Clemson upset that everyone watched in week number one. I mean, Lafayette, Northwestern, and UConn. Uh, Here come the Irish. So they're coming into town this weekend. The the number's in no man's land. It's always curious when they do this. Uh, It's been five and a half all week. Has not budged one iota. Uh, What do you think about Duke? Are they they real? And uh, same thing with the Irish. I... I was down on both teams heading into the season for a few different reasons. Now that we're here, though, I wanted to bet Duke. This was a spot I had circled where I wanted to get Duke at over a touchdown, obviously. People are way wise to that, especially after Notre Dame loses that heartbreaker to Ohio State. I think that there are question marks on both sides still. I think Notre Dame is similar to Clemson in very unproven at wide receiver and can maybe take the top off of a less athletic Duke secondary. I don't think that they have the weapons to push the ball down the field with Sam Hartman. And this game's going to be played on the ground and in the trenches. 
Riley Leonard, super talented. I mean, this is a guy that you're going to hear about NFL draft, like first round pick. Guy's dual threat. He can make plays with his legs. Also a pretty good arm. I, I don't have a bet on this game. I think it's going to be super interesting. Trying to forecast Notre Dame psyche after losing a game like that is going to be really the crux of this handicap. I think it's going to be super interesting. Listen, this is also, I believe it's game day's first time to Durham or second time to Durham. A lot of hype around this Duke team right now. I think you're paying a little bit of a tax, though, to back Duke at plus five and a half. Um, I, I wish, again, this was closer to seven. Didn't get it, so I'm probably going to be on the sidelines for this one. But Duke, very live in this game. I, I don't know if Notre Dame could pull away from Duke with how the, these two teams match up. I didn't, game yep. day's there? I didn't even realize yep. that. Yep. Do, are they just going to follow Notre Dame around? I think it's first time. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Back-to-back weeks at Notre Dame game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, back-to-back Colorado for Big Noon and, and all that stuff. So I, I think the, yeah, I think there's a sample size of like three teams that they're willing to look at. Maybe Alabama's the third. I don't know. But, yeah. in fact, Georgia hadn't played anybody, even though they're number one. Team. Anyway, uh, let's go to the SEC now because LSU's defense looked abysmal against Arkansas. And I'm not even sure K.J. Jefferson was 100% in that game. Uh, mm-hmm. But regardless, uh, LSU pulled off the victory, and now they're two-and-a-half-point favorites on the ro- road at Ole Miss. There's still some things from Jackson Dart that you can like. Mm-hmm. How do you see this game playing out? I have probably the grossest bet imaginable on this game. I took the first half under 33 and a half in a game with a total of 67 and a half. Yeah, absolutely brutal. I will say, though, there's some things driving me towards the under in this game the further I, I looked into this one. Ole Miss, with Pete Golding as a new defense coordinator, a lot of zone coverages. LSU hasn't really played a ton of zone coverages. When we saw Malik Neighbors carve up Mississippi State and Arkansas over the past two weeks, a lot of man coverage. We know that this guy is going to be a future NFL player. Carve it up downfield. That's not what Ole Miss's defense does. Pete Golden, when they played LSU last year, when he was the D.C. at Alabama, only seven first-half points for the Tigers. I think we see a very buttoned-up approach. I think Brian Kelly is going to be a little wary of getting into a track meet with Lane Kiffin on the road LSU last week, pretty slow start against Arkansas. I believe it was 13-10 and a half. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's going to be that many possessions given LSU's more deliberate pace. And also Ole Miss, offensive line, big concern, has struggled. We I mean, saw it against Alabama, struggled to get anything going. And Ole Miss also played very slow in that Alabama game relative to their frenetic tempo typically. Maybe is that a change in scheme when they start to play some of these better teams where it's like, all right, wait, 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 let's pump the brakes here. So this total is 67 and a half. Maybe the game gets crazy as the second half picks up, but I think slow start 33 and a half is a big, big number given the amount of possessions you're going to need. I'll go under here. It's gross. I know, but listen, you got to carve out an edge wherever you can find it. If you're into looking at look ahead spots, you've got to think Texas might be peeking ahead to Oklahoma next week, but you know, Kansas is real. Kansas is somewhat somewhat real. At least uh, they, they haven't lost this year, even though the competition's been low. Uh, what do you think about this one? The Longhorns favored by 16.5, total 61.5. So this is a spot I had circled. I wish Red River was on deck because I think Texas has some serious advantages. And we saw it last year. Kansas, yeah. Kansas is a good team. They've taken that step like we think Colorado might be on track of doing with the transfers and, you know, maybe they're building up to something. But when Kansas has played teams significantly better than them over the past year and a half, 
they've gotten their doors blown off. We saw it last year against mm-hmm. Oklahoma where they got a backdoor cover in. They lost to Texas, I believe it was like 56 to 14. Uh, they got beaten pretty good by TCU. When they played teams that have a significant skill and talent advantage, they tend to really struggle in that spot. So I think that this number is pretty good. I'm a little curious. We haven't seen Texas try to really smoke a team just yet. I know they beat Baylor pretty good, but Baylor had some unfortunate bounces go against them. Maybe they should have scored a few more points and maybe covered in that game. No touch for me, but it would be Texas or pass because I think they can really mess up this Jalen Daniels-led Kansas offense. And then on the back end, I think Texas can really cook with some deep shots and maybe pad some Quinn Ewer stats ahead of Red River. Look at the other one, though. Iowa State, Matt Campbell as a dog. Iowa State catching close to three touchdowns. That's one where I think Oklahoma cover the first four games depending against the close. I think Iowa State can be a little frisky again uh, in Norman on Saturday with Oklahoma being lightly challenged ahead of Red River. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good stuff. While you are here, we got to talk about the blockbuster NBA trade from yesterday as Damian Lillard is going to Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, The Phoenix Suns were also part of this three-team trade. As far as the dust settling now, who do you like to win the NBA championship, and how should we evaluate the Bucks, the Suns, and maybe even the Trailblazers going forward? Yeah, what what a pivot, right? The NBA season's upon us. Uh, yeah, first of all, the trade came out of nowhere. My initial gut reaction was Milwaukee obviously gets better and their ceiling raises, but how much better did they get? They were already the second choice to win the NBA championship, and to me – Heading into the year, I would still rate Denver ahead of Milwaukee. So uh, a lot of people, I tweeted, I was like, are we sure Milwaukee got that much better? They just lost arguably the best point of attack defender in Drew Holiday, and they got a 30-point-per-game scorer in Dame Lillard. That being said, Dame's a really bad defender, especially in the playoffs. So I, I got a lot of, of vitriol on coming back <laughs> of like, of course they got better. They got Dame Lillard. I'm just like, they got better, but they also look a lot different now. Like how much better? Because they were already really good. They were the number one seed last year. So I think Milwaukee, they're the favorites in the East. They probably were anyway heading into the year. So I just, again, the seal, like, I don't know if this was like a, oh my God, we got to get it on Milwaukee now. It just, that didn't, it, the trade didn't move me like that. Phoenix, heavy fade this year. That team's not winning a championship. Write it down, whatever. Oh. That team is... That this team, and this has nothing to do with Durant going from my favorite team to Phoenix. This is names on a piece of paper. This team is not real whatsoever. They're so far. They are far behind Denver. They're pretty far behind Los Angeles. They're probably far behind Golden State as well. Uh, This team has no big men whatsoever. They have no point guard. It's just names on a paper. So I don't think that this team is really well constructed whatsoever. And it's just a bunch of minimum guys and three really good players. So Nurkic, I don't know what Phoenix was thinking getting in this deal. Meanwhile, them doing this also facilitated a team conceivably, we just, everyone seems to think they're now the title favorites. You just helped them. You assisted the trade happening. 
So I just don't know what Phoenix is thinking. I think that organization is really just drunk, drunk sailor right now, just spending aimlessly. Um, so good. But yeah, so those so are kind good. of my big takeaways. Uh, Ed, Ed likes Phoenix. Ed I likes do, Phoenix. No, no. Ed, yeah, no. yeah, you really do. Yeah, I think there's value there. No. Absolutely, Reed. Oh, yeah. No. It's not Let's like we ever disagreed before, Reed. Playoff. North Carolina playoff. <laughs> God. Oh, man. Uh, final 30 seconds, Reed. Any of your opinion on Milwaukee uh, based on the fact that you are the world's biggest Brooklyn Nets fan and you just saw a big three just be a disaster? Yeah, I, I, listen, Milwaukee, again, they were really good already, so I'm not surprised. I just I don't know if this team's run away. There's still some questions there. They look a lot different now. Training camp starts in a week, and they have a new head coach. So don't think it's a lot. <laughs> right, fair enough. Reed Wallach, a bet cited in the early Reed podcast. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Christian Cipollini of BetMGM will tell us how the public is betting on said blockbuster NBA trade. It's right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.